0: Imagine, if you will, a week of NFL football without drama. If you can do that, then you're clearly not a Cleveland Browns fan because we live on drama. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves Podcast Network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. All right, welcome back to What the Elf Was That. I know all you Elfers are out there just dying, waiting, waiting for the drama. And it's the bye week. The bye week, people. This is the week where people can, like, relax and rest. This is like the weekend of football season, right? It's like all of this is their weekend. This is their week off. This is their week's vacation during the, the work cycle. And we still have drama. I mean, like, you guys, when you guys go on vacation, do you have drama on vacation? Do you come back to work thinking, oh, I wonder how much drama there is when I get back to work? Why are Brown's fans so just existentially connected to drama? I don't understand. Actually I do because there's a lot of trauma in the Browns fan base that's been sitting around for a long time and and that creates a kind of clinginess, like like clinginess to situations and therefore the need for drama. So let's let's cut through all the drama today and let's just get back to football. So, first of all, speaking of football, let's talk about injuries. And this is where all the drama is going on anyway is the injuries. But let's try to cut through that drama and see if we can figure out what's actually happening. So, contrary to popular belief, Deshaun Watson is not the only person dealing with an injury. Joel Batonio, a week ago, left the stadium on crutches. Now, in the press conference on Monday, Kevin Stefanski said he's working through something. So I don't know. If Joel Batonio is going to be playing against the 49ers or not. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Particularly. it will be interesting because if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, you're going to need to have a running game. And I've said it over and over and over that the running game requires good guard play. If you're going to run that outside zone, you have to have excellent guards To make that work and to lose your left guard, Joel Batonio, Mr. All-Pro, not sure that's good for the team. That could be a little under-the-radar situation. David Njoku, as you know, has been dealing with some burns from a backyard fire pit accident. This is uh, week number two for him. Now, he played last week with like a ski mask on, so we don't know what this burn situation looks like for him. But apparently he's recovering from that, as you would expect. Uh, Miles Garrett has a foot injury. He was actually out at practice on Monday. He's working on that. Now, mind you, this update was on Monday. The Browns officially don't have to put an injury report out until Wednesday. So Kevin Stefanski and any Browns coach that they want can go out there and just say whatever they want however they want, about any injury they want to talk about. There's no rule in the NFL that says that on Monday or on Tuesday, you have to comment on injuries. It's just not there. So if you're looking for a detailed injury reports, you can flip out and have your drama for the week. The Monday injury report off a bye week is probably not the one to flip out over. The one to flip out over is like the Friday before the game on Sunday. That's the one you flip out over. But Monday before or Monday after a bye week is not the injury report. You get all worked up into a tizzy over. Although some have, I mean, Hey, there's people in this network that went out and bid a whole entire podcast, which you can get on the fans First sports network of part of the, uh, <clears throat> fanatical Elf sports network, uh, just talking about Deshaun Watson's injury. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, let's let's get into this Deshaun Watson injury situation. So, last week it was reported that Deshaun Watson has a shoulder contusion, which is a bruise. Look, I'll actually look this up on Wikipedia. While we're talking, what is a contusion? I'm telling you people, it's a bruise. Let's see. What is a contusion? And the first thing comes up is a bruise. It's a bruise. He has a bruised shoulder. Now, I know that sounds dumb, like he's got a little bruise on his shoulder. What the heck? Today is reported that he has a contusion on his rotator cuff. That's a little different, but it's still a contusion. But when you put it on a rotator cuff, that makes it hard to move your shoulder and throw a football. So, I am sure that they are working through this the best they possibly can to deal with the shoulder contusion. There is no confusion about the contusion. Okay. Let me say that again because I sounded pretty cool, sounded like a poet. There is no confusion on the contusion, it is the same exact injury. The Browns are not going out there and talking about. First, it was a shoulder contusion, and now it's a rotator cuff. It's a contusion of the rotator cuff. Okay? Again, these reports are all spread out by not the Browns because the Browns aren't saying anything because they don't have to say anything until Wednesday. And I'm recording this on Tuesday night, October 10th, and there is no official injury report for Deshaun Watson right now. So this has caused a lot of angst and anxiety and drama and everything else. So what happens if Deshaun Watson doesn't play? Well, it is being reported by various outlets that if Deshaun Watson does not play, that they would actually start P.J. Walker. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have seen P.J. Walker play. P.J. Walker played for the Carolina Panthers. He's actually a pretty decent quarterback quarterback does the best when you put him into read option situations and allow him to use his feet. So he's actually a pretty good option, probably a better option than Dorian Thompson Robinson, who, damn, I don't know what that was last last time the Browns played. But Dorian Thompson Robinson needs some help. He's a rookie, needs to, like, figure it out a little bit. P.J. Walker probably needs to be the backup quarterback right now. Okay, so if he goes out and plays, good for the Browns. Okay, he can, in a structured, controlled environment with a game plan that's made for him, actually be successful. So if the Browns throw P.J. Walker out there, that's giving you a better chance than Dorian Thompson Robinson. But before we get on to the rest of this, let's talk more to Sean Watson. What what should the Browns do with this whole situation? Again, I mentioned last week about the Cincinnati Bengals and their situation with Joe Schmo, Joe Burrow, um, the average Joe out there getting hurt and not playing himself, not being himself as he's playing. The Bengals were like one and three. He was injured. You could have just sat him for a month and still been one and three and having healthy. The Browns need to take the long term view with Deshaun Watson. Don't throw him out there if he's not 100% against the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, the San Francisco 49ers are just destroying people. There's a good chance they're going to beat everyone in the AFC North. A real good chance, especially since the Ravens have already abandoned the air raid. It took them three games to figure out that Deshaun, or excuse me, that, that Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. They figured that out. Now they're doing nothing but run the football. The The Steelers are probably right now looking like the best team in the division. Given the status of Deshaun Watson, they've already lost the 49ers and the Bengals are going to get destroyed by the 49ers because their defense is suspect. And the 49ers have a terrific offense. The NFC West games, the records against the NFC West, which all the AFC North teams are playing the NFC West. That is very low on the list of tiebreakers. Okay. Very low. So let's say every team has the same record in the AFC North at the end of the season. Should that happen, the record in the division, who beat who in the division, would determine who wins the division. If that is a tie, then it's the record of the AFC, okay? Then I believe it's the record against the NFC division that you played, which is third on the tier of tiebreakers. The the San Francisco game means very little except what's on the record, like the win-loss, okay? If you have to sit Deshaun Watson to make sure he is healthy for the games that actually matter, then that's what the Browns should do. They should just sit him for another week until he's 100%. Don't take a chance with this. You don't have to win this game. Do you want to win this game? Absolutely you want to win this game. Are you going to mortgage the rest of the season to beat the NFC West opponent? Absolutely not. Don't go down that road. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. If if Deshaun Watson is not 100% to go, play P.J. Walker. Okay? Just put him out there. See if we can do something. See if the defense can hold up for a little bit. See if we can score some points, make it into a game. But if he's 100%, put him out there. Let him roll. My guess is he's not going to be 100% because he's already doing rehab. But, you know, you hear nobody's ever 100% in the NFL at this point. That's true. But we're also coming off bye week. So if he needs two weeks, three weeks, a month, let's get him right for the rest of the season. Don't throw him out there against the 49ers, a game that – virtually means nothing and get him hurt again get him hurt longer be patient play pj walker get deshaun watson right and then go after the rest of the season all y'all can hate me now all y'all can like throw me some negative comments you can all bash me on x yeah baby put put it out there on x get me on x i'm just asking Why would you start him? If he's not 100%, why would you start him? He's got to be able to throw the ball. He's got to be able to protect himself because if he can't throw the ball, he's not going to be able to protect himself. He's not going to be able to get the ball out in time, and he's just going to hurt the team. Let him sit. I'm actually going to be kind of disappointed if he does play this week. I'm expecting P.J. Walker. Let's go enjoy the show. Don't be mad. Just enjoy the show. Just enjoy P.J. Walker. All right, we're going to jump up on our break here. Go visit our sponsors, and when we come back, we have some fresh Borg news. The Borg are at it again, and we're going to see what the heck they got going on. Hang on. All right, and we're back. As promised, there is some new Borg news, and it has to do with Tom Brady. Tom Brady and the Borg. Go figure that like Tom Brady would be involved with the Borg. We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Borg. We are the Borg. You don't know what the Borg is, by the way. You got to go watch some Star Trek. These guys fly around in a big giant cube and it's kind of cool, interesting stuff. Uh the Borg are this unconquerable force, although they always seem to find a way to conquer them. But the Borg are at it again. So here's the deal. Tom Brady wants to buy into ownership of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brady, I believe, owns a pickleball group out there in Las Vegas, and I think he owns part of an WNBA basketball team. So... Ownership of a team would not be new for Tom Brady. The interesting part of this whole situation and where the NFL is looking at a, a little quandary and a little conundrum is the fact that one, it, it involves the Raiders and we're talking about, um, I want to say Al Davis or Mark Davis is Mark Davis is the guy, you know, Al Davis is the guy moved the team five different places without permission. Just do whatever the heck he wants. Mark Davis Kind of doing the same thing. He's already moved the team from Oakland to Las Vegas. Got a new stadium. Looks like, I mean, the, 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 the nickname for the place is the Death Star because it looks like a, a freaking black spaceship in Las Vegas. Got himself a stadium. Got himself a new city. Got himself a pretty good fan base. And got himself a win on Monday Night Football. So good for Bark Davis. Now, all he nearly needs to do is get himself a new haircut. That Dutch boy thing he's got going on. That's messed up. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go look him up on the internet. He looks like somebody like a little kid who decided to, to like take his long hair and cut bangs and it looks terrible. Just look it up. It's funny. You could laugh at him. You can call him the little Dutch boy cuz he does kind of look like the little Dutch boy, but it is something to behold. Well, besides his hair. Okay. He is wanting to sell 10% ownership of the team to Tom Brady. Going to bring on Tom Brady. Now here's where the problem comes comes involved. The Raiders are worth roughly 5.77 billion dollars. Yeah, that's right. 5.77 billion dollars. So if Tom Brady wants to purchase the Raiders at 10%, right? So you take the 577 and you divide that by 10, right? So you're talking roughly I want to say $57 million. Let me do some calculation here. Doo, doo, doo. I'm so dumb. Now, $577 million is the actual price for 10%. $577 million. Now, apparently, Mark Davis is giving him the We're Buddies discount and charging him only 30%. Of that, only charging only 3%, excuse me, only 3% as opposed to 10%. So if you got the 577, if I can calculate this up, live in store in action times 0.03, which would basically be $173 million. So I don't know how Tom Brady comes up with all that money. I mean, I guess he's Tom Brady. Let's do a quick search. How much is Tom Brady's net worth? Does he have $173 billion to pay for this situation? He's getting financed and rolled. Well, I guess his net worth is $300 million, so I guess it'd be half his money. So he's putting a good chunk of his money into the situation to buy into the Raiders. So I would like to buy 10% of the Raiders for only 3% of the cost. That'd be tremendous. So here's the sticky piece, not the Raiders are going to say, hey, we've made a deal. Mark Davis says, I can sell my team for how much I want to sell my team. It's not that big of a deal. If I want to sell my friend at a 70% discount, I'm just going to sell my team to my friend at a 70% discount. And that's what he's going to say. Now, the problem is that the Las Vegas Raiders are a part of the NFL and they have their own situation. So, the NFL is kind of like McDonald's. They're looking to take over the world. their Their advertising is out of this out of control, and their business is really something other than what they claim it to be. McDonald's itself, it's their business is realty. They they own all the land where all those McDonald's are set up, so they own the land and they own the building, and then the franchisees just. You know, work in the building, and so McDonald's actually owns everything, and that's how they retain an iron grip on all their people. The NFL is kind of the same way. That's why I call them the Borg. Right? They're the Borg. They have an iron grip on the situation. If you own an NFL team, it's like you own a franchise, right? You own one thirty second of the NFL because there's thirty two teams. So, with that being the case, the NFL has its own rules. It's own commissioner, Roger Goodell, the Goodell bot. As you know, I call him the Goodell bot. They have the Goodell bot. They have their own rules. They have their own finance committee. The finance committee are actually threatening to block the sale of the 10% of the Raiders to Tom Brady. Yes, I know. It's a podcast. You guys are probably bored. They're threatening to deny this. Okay, Now, if they do that, here's what's going to happen. Tom Brady, who has multiple times taken the NFL to court, and the Raiders, who are notorious for taking the NFL to court, have a case to be made that if they were to do this, that the NFL is actually in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act, in particular Section 1 and Section 2 of the Sherman Antitrust Act, by conspiring to unreasonably restrain competition. Meaning the NFL teams, or at this place, Mark Davis, is going to argue that the NFL does not have the right or the power to regulate how much the, the ownership can sell their team for. That that is collusion by the owners to fix the price of the franchise. Okay, that's where the monopoly practices come in where the owners are banding together to fix the price of the team. And as we're Brady and the Raiders can say, we are our own separate entities. We can fix and set any damn price we want. And we're going to pay whatever the heck we want. And if I want to sell this situation at a 70% discount to my buddy, then that's what I'm going to damn well do. So now we're coming down to the, the real nitty gritty. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Now we're down to the nitty-gritty, right? Can an NFL owner sell their team to anyone they want for as much money as they want to sell the team for? Or does the collective, right, does the collective? We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile does the collective of the ownership actually own the team, right? Do they actually own the team and the quote-unquote owners are really just franchisees of the NFL? We're about to find out because the vote is tonight, baby. I haven't gotten any reports on what the vote was about or, or the vote, how it goes down, but the finance committee is voting tonight to ratify this sale of 10% of the Raiders to Tom Brady. If they deny this, court is happening. And that question will be answered. Do NFL teams own NFL owners own their teams or are the teams owned by the NFL? Can the NFL set prices for how to sell those teams or can individual owners have the freedom to sell the team to whoever they want for the price that they want? It's an interesting little conundrum that probably I'm the only one in the world that cares about. So I'm glad you have stuck around for this because the Borg are some evil, evil people. But Borg infighting is very quite fascinating. Um, if I haven't mentioned before, the commanders are already being sued by a Native American group that they called a non-entity. So these people just think they can do whatever they want, and it's actually fun to watch. You know, Insert the emoji of me eating popcorn while they, uh, they fight this stuff out. But, you know, <clears throat> if uh, Mark Davis decides to sue the league over the anti- uh, Trust laws under the Sherman Antitrust Act. It ought to be interesting to see, um, you know, where this comes down for the rest of the NFL. So I don't know. We'll see what happens here. That's all we got for tonight, baby. Appreciate you hanging around. Appreciate you uh, listening in. And look, Deshaun Watson, man, just let him sit for a week. Let's play PJ Walker. Let's just call it what it is, and let's just move on. And then you guys can fight about all the drama all you want afterward. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. Yeah, baby, follow me on X.